Hello and welcome, Read, Pray, Share family. Thank you for joining us for another podcast episode. Today's episode comes from a Bible study lesson led by Jorian Wilson. We're going to be wrapping up our series titled Unity. We pray that it blesses you in totality. Enjoy. That always throws me off. Uh, this could, you can have unity between you and God. You can have unity between you and another person, right? So unity is an adjective, it's not a, a noun, right? So in our lives, we know that we have relationships between family, between friends, coworkers, significant others, parents, children, so on and so forth, right? However, I wanna to focus today primarily on our relationship with other believers and then our relationship with non-believers and how we should go about uh, the way we live in those relationships, right? Um, so early on, we discussed that we are first and foremost in relationship with God, right? And in our relationship with God, we must have unity in order to do, uh, any other relationship that we're involved in the right way. And so today is not going to be just me talking at you today. There'll be some participation from you. I hope I know that we often hide behind our little avatar pictures, but, uh, today I'm going to ask you to come off. Uh, mute and answer this question. And the question is, what does unity with God practically look like on a daily basis? Uh, and I hope that some of you will participate in answering this question. We've kind of talked about this so much that I hope that you all know. So what does unity with God look like on a daily basis in our lives? Prayer. Prayer. What else? For me, it's like choosing God. We got scripture. What'd you say, Lane? I said it's choosing the spirit over the flesh. Spirit over I the flesh. said, and I said surrendering. So kind of like the same. <laughs> surrendering. Anybody else have any other thoughts before we move forward? Meditation. Meditation. Yes. Okay. Anything else? All right. Well, let's move forward. So all of those are the right answers, right? And I don't want to spend too much time on unity with God because we've talked about it so much, but the notes that I do have are right on top in alignment with what you all are saying, right? So number one, studying God's word. Uh, that's how we have unity with him. We, that's how we know who he is. That's how we know his will for our life. Number two, prayer. That's how we communicate with God. That's how we thank him. That's how we let him know the things that we need. That's how we elevate others in prayer, right? And then the last thing is what... Um, Shay and Elaine are talking about, and that is obedience. Obedience is how we prove that we love God. So once we are operating in unity with God, we are then able to turn and begin working on our unity with those who are believers like ourselves, like in those relationships, right? So I'm asked the same question. In our, in our human relationships with other believers, what does it look like to operate in unity with other believers? Grace. Fellowship. Grace. Fellowship. I heard grace. I say encouraging each other. Encouraging. Okay. Accountability. Accountability. I love it. What else? Being vulnerable. Vulnerable. Ham, what you trying to say, brother? I say giving God your emotions. Giving God our emotions. Okay. What else? Being transparent with each other. Transparent. Okay. Any other thoughts? Praying for each other. Praying, yes, that's huge. Okay, I think those are excellent answers. And I love that we're having this conversation because it tells me one thing, that 
we have been paying attention as a body and that we are actually learning what this unity looks like in our relationships. And so hopefully we are equipped to, uh, to live that out. And so I have a couple of notes. There's five things actually that I wanna talk about when it comes to living in unity with the relationship with other believers. And so the first thing I wrote down is love. Love is our number one key, right? And love is hard to understand, but I have a couple of scriptures I wanna share. So I'm gonna first share Mark 12, uh, verse 30 through 31. And so in this scripture, somebody asked God, what is the greatest commandment? And he answers, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is, the, is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And so God is telling us that we must operate in love in our relationships. But how does love manifest itself? right actively we think about first corinthians chapter 13 which is the love chapter we say that love is patient and kind love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude it does not demand its own way it is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong it does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out love never gives up never never loses faith is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And you may not have got all of that in there, but you can look at 1 Corinthians 13 and see what love is, right? The second thing is generosity. And I don't think anybody mentioned that, but we live in unity through generosity to other believers. And I'm not talking about just money, but I'm talking about generosity with money, with our time, with our talents, right? We take care of each other by being generous even when it's inconvenient. And I think about the scripture, Acts chapter four, verse 32 through 34, and it says, all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything that they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. So I think that we often talk about generosity, right? We, thought, we talk about being generous where we've given somebody money or we've sacrificed something to uh, serve someone else, right? But would we be willing to be as generous as these people where we are selling land, selling homes, selling whatever it is to be generous to someone else? And I think that in our lives, there's sometimes where we have to be generous sacrificially, where we know we have a bill due, but we're called to serve somebody else. And when we are able to muster up the strength, muster up the faith and the courage to be generous, even when it's inconvenient, we are operating at that highest point of unity and fellowship with not only God, but other believers, right? So we've got love. Number two is generosity. And the next thing is praying for each other. We lift each other up in prayer because prayer is one of the most powerful tools and it has it is how we communicate with God. Uh, thinking about James 5, right? A lot of these scriptures we've talked about before. James 5 tells us that are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are, you, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And so when we read this, we think about who are the elders of the church, right? So if we think about just this body, read, pray, share, the elders would possibly be the leadership team. So myself, Ham, Shay, Elaine, uh, Angie, Sean, those would be the elders that we would call on to lay hands on people and pray for them. And we've seen how we've come together as a leadership team 
and in a small prayer circles and lifted up people who've been in the hospital, who've been written off and they've made a full recovery to health, right? This is what this scripture is talking about. We have, it's not just biblical text. It's something that we have lived out and seen God do in our lives within this past year. So we know that as a body, we must pray and lift each other up in prayer. Number four, I think Rayana said this is accountability. We keep each other accountable and we build each other up. Um, Sean and I had a conversation about this last night, actually. I was telling him he's supposed to be keeping me accountable for something. And so we were joking around, but accountability is so important. And I always think about the scripture as iron sharpens iron, so one part person sharpens another. And that's Proverbs 27, 17. And we've talked about this before as well, that we always say this scripture, but we don't really understand what it means. And that iron sharpening iron is, if you ever seen something be sharpened, it's grinding against something else. It's not a, a nice, smooth process. You are literally grinding off the impurities from something to make it sharper. And therefore, when we make each other sharper, it's not always going to be easy. Sometimes we have to have difficult conversations with, with Sean or with him and say, hey, bro, the way you live and the way you did that, that wasn't right. I still love you, but that wasn't right. And we have to correct each other in a way that's in love, right? And in that accountability, we don't just correct, but we build each other up. And I think about Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25, and it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So number four is accountability. Keep each other accountable, but also we must build each other up. And the last thing I want to talk about is grace. We have to have grace for one another. And I think that Helm was beating this last week where he was talking about we are all sick and broken in some regard, right? God is what has, God is who has healed us and made us righteous. We are not righteous by anything that we have done. And one thing that we must always be weary of is that, yes, we were sick before we became saved and before we became in relationship with God. But if we're honest with ourselves, some of those old tendencies are still within us. Like Ham was talking about yesterday. That's why we have to continually renew our mind and stay in relationship with God. Because if we don't, we'll find ourselves right back at those same buried things, right? And it's also important for us to know that we have a past. That's why I share with Angie that it's okay to cry. It's okay for us to reflect and be emotional about what God has brought us through because it needs to be fresh on our minds. Lest we ever forget what God has done for us. Therefore, we treat others like we are better than or greater than or holier than them, right? Because the, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Nobody is greater than anyone else. Whether you are a minister, whether you are... Uh, just becoming a believer, the ground is level. And so we have to remember to have grace for one another. And within that grace, we have to be able to have a relationship with other believers where we can confess our sins and know that we won't be judged, know that we won't be downcast, know that we won't be ostracized, right? That we'll still be embraced and still be loved. I think about James 5, it tells us to confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And this is so real to me because I know from a very personal standpoint that when you keep your sins in and you bottle them up and you try and hide them from the world, 
that stuff, it builds up pressure. And if you know anything about pressure, eventually it has to be released, whether it's a slow release or if there's an explosion. And so when we can be able to come to other believers and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I did this yesterday. I did this 10 minutes ago. Can you pray for me? And know that we will still be loved, be encouraged and embraced. That's what the Bible is talking about, where we can be healed. That's how we are healed because we know that we are loved and we get to experience God's love in human form. And the other piece that I want to, the other piece of scripture I want to share is 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. And it says that above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And if you've ever been in a relationship with anyone, anyone that you love, whether it be a significant other, a family member, they don't always treat you right. They sin against you, they fail you, they let you down. But it's important for us to know that love covers a multitude of sins. That's the only way that Destiny and I have been able to last five years together so far is that love has covered over sins, has covered over mistakes. And likewise, in our relationships, we have to know that the love that we have for one another, and most important, the love that we have for Christ will cover over the sins that people commit against us because we will be imperfect. So when we think about our relationship with believers, the five things that we've talked about, and it's not exhaustive, is one, we have to love one another. We have to be generous. We have to pray for one another. We have to be accountable and we have to have grace. And the last thing I wanna talk about today is how do we engage in relationship with non-believers, right? We, we have relationship with people who are non-believers. Some may be our associates, some may be people that we work with on a daily basis, right? But how do we engage in relationship with them? Because, actually, let me ask you all, how do we engage in relationship with non-believers? Um, I would say we engage, we, um, engage with them still in love. I feel like that's um, my biggest thing is it doesn't matter. Like I have friends who have different things, but I'm still going to treat them with love. So that's always my first and foremost um, is love. And we supposed to give them grace as well, too, with the love. Y'all talking good. Keep talking to me. What else y'all got, man? Just being more about your actions and letting them see, like what they said, Christ is love and grace and not judging them. And just, yeah, I don't want to repeat too much. Praying for them. Y'all talking real good, man. I, I, y'all helping me preach today, man. This is good. And I asked that question because as I was studying, right, we often think about uh, how do we interact with believers and non-believers, right? And there are some few, a few differences, but overall, overarching, those relationships with non-believers should look a lot, a lot like how we interact with believers in the sense that we must still show them love. We must still be generous to them. We must still pray for them. We must still have mercy. We must still have grace for those people, right? God hasn't called us to be the judges or the, the law enforcement of his word. God has called us to be like him. And if we think about the life of Christ, right? Jesus, perfect. Jesus, God. Jesus, without sin. He is the prime example of how we interact with 
everyone. So I think about, we are supposed to do the things that I've just said, right? We're supposed to love, we're supposed to be generous, we're supposed to pray, we're supposed to uh, have mercy and grace because God has done this in his life. And we know from the foundation that we are in first and foremost in unity with God. And if we are in unity with God, we're striving to be in relationship with him and to be like him. And if we want to be like God, we have to think about the way he lived while he was on earth. Yes, he did miracles. Yes, he did all these things. Yes, he taught the word. But anytime he's interacting with somebody, he's showing one of these characteristics. He's never having an interaction with anybody on earth where he's not showing grace, where he's not being generous, where he's not showing mercy to someone, right? And we have to do all of these things for non-believers, but without conforming to their way of life. We can't be caught up in the way that they are living or be influenced by their lifestyles, right? We have to create, we have to have that separation while still praying, being generous for them, loving them and, and encouraging them, right? And so I think about the scripture because this is how we're supposed to live because this is how Jesus lived. And God has told us, he's given this commandment to us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you to do. But how do we even make disciples? We had a great example today where the young man was sharing about his experience with Ruth. He said that when he was having fellowship, relationship with Ruth, he saw Ruth's light in essence. He was saying, I saw Ruth's light and that changed, that helped me be in a better place. Likewise, we as believers through our actions, through the way we treat people who are non-believers are going to be ministering to them even if they don't even know it. Think about Jesus. Think about Jesus when uh, Ham talked about him last week, Matthew the scammer. He talked about how Matthew was a scammer, but Jesus showed him love. Jesus saved him. And therefore, Matthew was having a, a party at his house with other people who were like him, yet they knew that he was different. Think about the woman who was caught in adultery. God doesn't condemn her. God says, he who is without sin, throw the first stone. God is showing grace. And if you think about every time that God does something for somebody, what's the first thing they do, even when he tells them not to do it? They go tell somebody else, right? And other people come to see this man who they are talking about. Think about the woman at the well, where God has this encounter with her, tells her to drink from a well that she will never thirst again. He tells her everything about her life First thing she does is goes to tell everybody in the city that she lives in what God has done for her and all he knows about her, yet he showed her so much love and grace. And my encouragement for us as we leave out of this message today is to, to know that every relationship that we are in, we have to remember that we are first in relationship with God. And if we re remember that we are in relationship with God, that will influence the way that we interact with anybody else, whether they are a believer or non-believer, right? The main difference is that we have to know that as we engage with non-believers, as we show them love, as we pray for them, as we interact with them, that we do not conform to their way of living. And so as we conclude this, this unity series, I just hope that we leave here, and it sounds like we do from our discussion, knowing how to operate in our relationships in unity, in love, and growth 
in trusting the way that God has called us to do. And that's really all I have to share today. Um, I'll give a, a quick call for salvation. And we always like to give you an opportunity, right? We Again, thank you all for tuning in. Please make sure that you share this with a friend, family member, associate, coworker. Replay it in times of need when you feel you need to be reminded about unity. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Read, Pray, Share. And until next time, continue to do like we always say, and that is read, pray, and share. Be blessed, you guys.